0: Sounds about right. Tragic.
1: Welcome everyone to this another edition of the Surefirest Podcast. I am Brian Reeves. To my left, of course, John Purdue. Hello, everybody. To my left is Scott Whiting. Hello, and we are so happy that you were joining us for this a uh, 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 kind of a cool episode. We're doing. Uh, we're taking a look at um, cult movies throughout the years, and uh, you know, I guess. Uh, to me, most cult movies, and, and this isn't the. It's not an exact science, I guess, but uh, I, I think to me, what mostly signifies most uh, most cult movies fit into the, the pigeonhole that they didn't do well on their initial the release, mm-hmm. then later found an audience, and people would go to midnight showings of it, and uh, there would be little. Like it, they became a cult with people. Right. Uh, you know, they, they they would dress up like characters, and they. You
0: know, I mean, not all of them, but um, I think. Yeah, a, I think a lot of them. Are. Yeah, it's a good exercise at at the beginning of something like this to sort of uh, formulate a definition, a rough working definition of what a cult movie is, and I think you hit on it. Not a not a commercial success, or, or really a critical success, even. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Oftentimes they're
1: panned by critics,
0: but they have. Uh, they do seem to have. Common, you know, common threads. You know, n- not profitable, low, low expectations, or no expectations. <laughs> um, but as time goes on, the movie gains in popularity for whatever reason. And uh, another thing I think that these movies have is there are a lot of quotables, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's what sort of perpetuates the cult part of it is the the different quotes and uh, to go along with that the. Memorable characters. There's always yes. a character that also usually he's the one or he or she is the one that's responsible for all the quotes, and it sort of keeps that cult status of the movie going. So uh, a lot of these we're going to talk about will have that. Yeah. So, yeah. So. So now uh, we haven't done this in a while. So um, are you guys
1: looking forward to it? Yeah. I mean, it's been a long two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, John and I. Um, have a side like we playing we, a shitty man yeah. yes <laughs> and we do shitty jobs at it <laughs> and uh, uh our summer was uh, very busy <laughs> yeah uh, so we haven't been able to get away and our, our schedule is sort of clearing up now so we hope to uh, get these things out a little more regularly yeah That's and uh, yeah yeah and speaking of podcast Uh, John I don't know if you're familiar with the last podcast on the left I'm familiar with it I don't listen to it regularly they're a a very very popular uh, more or less true crime uh, Mm -hmm. podcast and uh, just we we just saw that uh, Ben Kissel who is one of the three founders and and I think really one of the two founders or maybe the main founder of the the the, uh, Last podcast on the left was was kicked out of the podcast. Last podcast on the left. Oh, really? Yeah, and and he did the uh, he, he did he was the, the, the like the host starting the show and um, yeah he's so always he's been with them, and. They, they, the other two guys, he had some shit going on in his life, and the other two guys kicked him out.
0: Wow, are you paying attention now? To this before guy? you motherfuckers <laughs> get any, i just remind you that if you kick me out, you got to do what I do. What? What's that? Sit there, drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> Almost forget to hit record. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I can do that. that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we got you covered. <laughs> well, I'll see myself out. <laughs> Now, uh, um, do you have any that you'd like to jump right into? I do, and you're not going to like it <laughs> because I'm starting off with *The Clockwork Orange*. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, no, I, I do like that movie. It's it's, it's it's fucking weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Stanley Kubrick. Yes. 1972. Um, without giving too much of the plot away, and it's going to be tricky to talk about these without giving a lot of plot away. Why? Well, somebody wants to see them.
1: Well, they 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 can, but. I mean, we're talking about 50-year-old movies. That's true, <laughs> <right>? you, <laughs> Have you we haven't seen an, a clockwork going to, it's not on your bucket
0: list, is it? <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, anyway, um, an antisocial miscreant played by Malcolm McDowell, who is he's one of those actors that, to me, is just awesome and everything. Mm. I like Malcolm McDowell a lot. Um, yeah. He he's, uh, he's one of my favorite Malcolms. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm <laughs> X. <laughs> right. And Malcolm in the Middle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Malcolm X. <laughs> yeah, he um, he's his name is in the, in the movie is Alex, and he's part of a, a gang that uh, it it starts off weird because the, they go the drugs? around Yeah, the drugs. Yes, yeah. the drugs, um, which I learned was a, uh, it was like a a derivation of a Russian term for gang. Oh, okay. So, uh, that's kind of where that comes from. I just thought it was like a completely made up word, but apparently there is some, it is rooted in some fact. Um, so he and his gang of, of droogs, they get drunk at a milk bar. So I don't know if you remember that. They yes. were drinking milk. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Somehow that got very them very in, a, strange. Yeah, in a wild mood. Um, and they go around committing acts of, uh, ultra violence as they called it. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, sexual deprivation acts and whatnot. Um, so uh, Alex kills somebody, and uh, he gets arrested. He goes. He goes to prison, um, not solely for incarceration, but he becomes part of a reprogramming. It's not an experiment, but it's basically it's just to get like a uh, keep him from thinking about violence and sex all the time. So mm-hmm. he go and, and the the reprogramming is brutal in the movie. I mean, they just have him doing all kinds of terrible things. Um, and at some point, you start to feel sorry for him. Uh, but then you kind of stop feeling sorry for him all stuff that happens later. But, uh, yeah, without giving, uh, too much of it away, um, so he gets released in a fluky manner, like, he gets a, he gets a fluky pardon by some government functionary, um, and he essentially returns to his depraved ways, at the end. I mean, he, the, the people that he wronged try to wrong him when he gets out, and there's a lot of intrigue with that, um. But, yeah, that one, again, based on, based on a book, like a lot of, you know, most of these are. And, yeah, he, it's, I, I really, I'm always fascinated by the movie. I mean, there's a little bit of dark humor in it. Yeah. Um, but most of it's just depra- depravity. <laughs> well,
1: and I, 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 I saw an interview with Malcolm McDowell, <clears throat> and uh, he was saying that the, the, the scene... Where he started doing singing in the rain <clears throat> yeah. was was pretty much they they just did it on the fly. Uh, I, I think Cooper so was asked that? Cooper cast him. He said, "Can you sing and dance?" You know, uh-huh. maybe we could. And he, and he started. He,
0: Malcolm McDowell went into singing in the rain, and he goes, "Yeah, let's do that." Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, it's just amazing how many things like that happened. Yeah, like the great gig in the sky, the Pink Floyd, when they had the the woman Claire whatever and he was come in and. Just do something, and she did it, and they took that take. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's a and there's a couple of movies in here that we're going to talk about where like there's a lot of ad libbing going on, and that's kind of to me it it sort of lends itself to the cult status because that's where all the quotes come from. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like Dan Castellaneta on The Simpsons ad libbing half that shit that he did. <laughs> so um, for Homer Simpson, but anyway, yeah, I like uh, critics were appalled by. Clockwork Orange, understandably enough, it was banned in a lot of countries. Yeah, I didn't realize it was
1: originally rated X. Yes, I was yeah. getting ready to say that. I <laughs> believe
0: it was released with an X rating. Yeah, then re-released in 73 with an R rating. Yeah, there's some pretty graphic sex scenes in it. And uh, it was even banned in England, oddly enough. And it was at Kubrick's request that it was... Um, I guess he was catching too much hell for the movie, so he, rather than... Deal with it. He just said, "You know, could you just pull it from the theater?" So, um, but yeah, I you know I like Kubrick, but I like this one more than most of his other stuff. So yeah. And did you notice
1: my my I hit my sound effect board to make it sound like somebody opening a beer? <laughs> yeah, that was re- very realistic. <laughs> song, yeah. right? I didn't know we had that. <laughs> I don't feel feeling like I'll be using that. My finger will be sore in the morning. <laughs> Yes, yes. From pressing a button, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I wanted to bring up uh, one of the granddaddies of, of, of cult movies. One of the first ones you think of is the Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show. I mean, we're, if you've got to talk about cult movies, you got to talk about this one. Uh, so, uh, 1975, um, of course, it was it was a, a stage play. It was mm-hmm. the Rocky Horror Show. They decided to make a movie. It became the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um. such it's a it's a bizarre movie I I I, uh, I know I went to midnight showings of it when it used to be in downtown Cincinnati at the Skywalk Cinemas I did that a lot Yeah. Uh, when I was like 17, 18 yeah uh, did, you, it's, it, it's, did you dress up? I did not uh, <laughs> no, no did you throw rice
0: at all that? isn't that part of it they would throw rice yeah, at?
1: yeah uh, uh, they had at that point they got tired of picking up the rice and the see that, yeah, <laughs> and all the other bullshit, the, the the brown paper bags and everything else. Right. They and, uh, so they, they kind of banned that. But uh, the men the 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 audience uh, did everything. Did all the callbacks, and they were fucking brutal. If you didn't do a callback right, so I, I
0: sat there quietly. <laughs> no
1: worries. He gets a shit beat out of him for not doing it right. <laughs> um, um,
0: but yeah I mean and uh, so I had Tim Curry yeah, Tim Curry I mean the transvestite uh, Susan Sarandon yeah, yeah um a couple of other notable Was Rob Ryan well, in yeah. it? Uh, well yeah uh, Barry Bostwick. Barry bostwick that's the one I can think of right? and uh
1: Meatloaf Meatloaf that's yeah I forgot Meatloaf was in it um the whole thing was written by Richard O'Brien, who played Riff Raff, which was the uh, those are the I, I, Igor. I almost said Igor. <laughs> 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 the the sort of uh, Igor character, um, the manservant. Uh, the film was shot in 17 days. Wow, budget of a million dollars. The uh, th- there was no heat inside the. Uh, the, 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 the building that they, they filmed in, and uh, Susan random wound up getting pneumonia. No kidding. By, during the filming. Um, now the soundtrack,
0: it sold 10 million copies. Yeah, I can see that. I never, I. to me, I mean, I don't know if it, I'm not a product of that time. It, it was a little after my time. I remember my older brother going to the midnight viewings of it. Um, I was just a little too young for that. Um, but seeing it later, it, it felt like, huh, it's like Grease, I guess. <laughs> a <little bit. laughs> Except a little bit more twisted. Is it, you know? is it goth Grease? Yeah. <laughs> Way more depraved. Yeah, more, depra- more depravity than... So that's the second movie of depravity we've just talked about. So we're off to a good start. Um, but yeah, but Tim Curry's a legend. I mean, he's, he's good and everything. Also, another one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll look. Maybe I'll take another look at it. It's been a few years. Since yeah, and, it, so. and
1: and again, again, like you were, like you were talking about, uh, maybe coming a bit too late. That I think that at least for me, having seen it in an audience mm-hmm. with the participation going on, it it sort of lent itself to be. I was like, oh shit, this is. Right. I cannot wait to come back to this again. Right. Like, this is fun, and. Was there something about anybody have a light and everybody like lights up a, like right. a cigarette and, or something? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and again that. Was so again, a, if a you big... do it like
0: ten seconds late, then they then they knife you. Oh <laughs> god, yeah. <laughs> they give you a shift.
1: Rookie <laughs> <Like>, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> and I, I, at the
1: time, I was terribly shy, so there was no fucking way I was going right. to. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> not going to step out of line. <laughs> no, I was not going to. Yeah, uh, I still haven't gotten over my shyness. Yeah, you're such 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 an introvert. Um, But then, you know, you you still see... uh, It it influenced a lot of things. Like uh, Lady Gaga says she was influenced by David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it influenced a lot of people. Um, I had the soundtrack and wore the shit out of it. Yeah. You know, songs like Sweet
0: Transvestite and... uh, (laughs) Time Warp. Time Warp. I mean... I played that as a... When I was a a band kid, you know, I played that in band, a very watered-down version of it, but it was time warp, you know. Yeah. Scott, did you see it? I have not. Uh, I can see, I mean, you only had seven months to prepare. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm, I'm consistent in my preparation. None. Uh, you, You might like it. Um... Well, so,
1: if, if not for anything else, but that the music. The music's right. fucking good. Yeah. A lot of these... I, I've, I've heard, heard
0: most of the songs. Yeah. I heard, they, that's part of the charm yeah, of a cult you, movies. Yeah. You know, Even yeah. without seeing it, I know, I know the songs. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. They've yeah. become part of the American culture. Yeah. Since we're talking about obvious ones, do you want to just go ahead and get this one out of the way? Uh, the Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Do, I mean could we just get it? <laughs>
1: I, I, well, I, I think a lot of John's problem is <laughs> as, like, as 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 we as we noted in the 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 one about baseball. I, <laughs> I think John uh, can be uh, summed up with with the Lionel, Lionel Barrymore quote from uh, It's a Wonderful Life, sentimental hogwash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's my... Okay, with this particular movie, here's my problem. I saw it, didn't didn't hate it. It, it had things that I, I, I recognize as attempts at humor. They weren't knee slappers. But what I don't understand is why it is so... Fucking beloved I don't get its appeal I don't get its appeal and that and I get the appeal of most of what we're going to talk about this one it baffles me just honestly I, uh, I, I now I'll, I'll admit the first time I
1: saw the movie I loved it. I thought it was a great movie uh, Rod Reiner is is pretty brilliant in his direction in just about everything he's directed mm-hmm. um, I liked uh, the actors in it uh, um, you had Christopher Guest, I mean...
0: Yeah, well, I do like him. There was Carrie Elwes and um, Andre the Giant, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the Inconceivable. Maybe that's why I hate it. I hate everybody going around saying, It's Inconceivable all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I would say I, I would watch, I think, once, twi- maybe twice. Once and parts of twi- a second viewing is probably enough for me. Um, but yeah, it's it's inc- insanely popular. To me it's popular with like the Hocus Pocus crowd, the people that think Hocus and, Pocus. And we're going to get into that one too. Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay. We might as well go ahead and get into <laughs> yes, it. Yes, let's just get. All uh, over with. As you wish. <laughs> okay, wait. Uh. We, there might there might be a loophole here. When did Hocus Pocus come out? 1993. Damn it. Okay. It's it's fair game.
1: <laughs> uh, and, uh, and 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 now it would, it, uh, no, it it's, but the merits of it being cult it, it, it has it uh, down packed because it fucking bombed when it came out.
0: Oh, it did. Okay. It was
1: released. Um, <laughs> it's obviously a Halloween movie. Yeah. It was released in July. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, They'll never expect it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we we'll hit him. With, don't expect it. Jurassic Park was out. <laughs> the Firm. And in The Line of Fire was out. Well, uh, well, why didn't it just trample those three back here? <laughs> Oh, wait, yeah. Uh, it, it, it made a whopping uh, $39 million during its initial release.
0: That's not bad, though, is it?
1: Well, I don't know what its uh, what budget, budget was. Uh, well, <laughs> 255000 <000? laughs> Yeah, in, um... Yeah. I, so, in, uh... Duh, 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 duh. But... It was like, it became, you do you remember when the, the Disney Channel used to do their 13 Days of Halloween and mm-hmm. uh, What was it else? ABC. Uh, so around Halloween, they would show it again on television.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And kids, I presume mainly little girls, started liking it. It started catching on. Um, Then it just, it really started taking, catching fire. And what I, no, 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 I'll tell you what, I did not know this. Again, you you guys don't understand all the things I I do Keep going into this. (laughs) I I watched the 25th anniversary party for... Hocus pocus. So it's it's a few really? years old. And really? I watched it, and, I, and I'm I'm watching it on purpose. I, I wanted to see. You know, there's oh. such a thing as over preparation. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> so I want, I wanted to see. You know, what, what, you know if they could if it explained anything. And I, what I did not realize is the movie is huge in queer culture. Is it? It has a enormous gay following and i think that has elevated it in its cult movie status
0: interesting and um i think like what you were saying um things that get on like a regular rotation on television which obviously has a much broader reach i mean you think of things that go into syndication and they become way more popular than they were yeah star trek obvious is the the prime example of that star trek when it came out would have had a three-year run
1: yeah, kinda, through your, yeah, and Everybody's
0: right. like, eh. Then it went into syndication on every UHF station, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's you know, there's Trekkies now. So and um,
1: but like uh, you mm-hmm. know, because there's no there's no gay characters there. You know, um, so have, but so who know, you know, that Midler's Midler, a yeah. huge gay I- I- icon.
0: Is she? Yeah, I, I really I really like bet bet Midler. I mean, um, I like her acting, I like her singing, I like a lot of the stuff she does. So, to be fair. and uh, Evidently, um, uh, how, do you, how, how do you say
1: her last name? Uh, You're
0: talking and about Jackie Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy.
1: yeah. Uh, She is, is Peg- popular in k as <laughs> in, in, in uh-huh. is, is Sarah Jessica Barker. Oh. So the three main leads are very popular. I and had no idea. I I did not know this either. You know who else?
0: Magnum P.I. <laughs> 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 so here, Um But yeah, I... I that could account for a lot of it. I mean, that's... yeah.
1: And then I I, I also read that uh, one of the one of the big things is the uh, the musical uh, portion where they did "I Put a Spell on You" because mm-hmm. they the uh, you know, I read a thing like that's basically a drag show. Oh oh shit! It is. Yeah, yeah. and I never thought of it that way. Damn. And then uh, then I was like, oh fuck! I, I missed all of this
0: so they show it in Florida then
1: I guess <laughs> <laughs> damn movie <it> won't burn <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah I mean
0: so that's um, it, it's it has a huge cult following yeah I mean I, I it's it's popular among all kinds of demographics I mean you know kids that like it adults that like my, it my family's watching it probably uh, right now as
1: we oh, as yeah, so.
0: we're actually speaking
1: yeah um uh, Tanya loves it. But when the uh, sequel came out last year, her and um, my stepdaughter, they had a night where they they were all excited to go over and watch the
0: the, the movie together. Yeah. It's one of those that maybe speaks to the season, to people. It's like, okay, Hocus Pocus is starting to show. So it's almost time for... Halloween and shit like that. So, I mean, it well, was released in July, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a strange marketing strategy, it is. isn't it? Um. What else you got? <laughs> you want to make a complete 180 here? Please. Let's talk about Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just going to get the taste of those previous two. Right? I don't think that was, it had a drag show in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I.
1: I Mr. Pink didn't even want to be called Mr. Pink. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I gotta be called? I gotta be
0: Mr. Pink? Um, Yeah, 1992, and obviously a Quentin Tarantino film. And at some point, I gotta. Speaking of Tarantino, it's like, do you, are you, are these cult movies? If you go out and you intentionally try to make a cult movie, which is essentially what he does, right? I I think. Get shorty. Well, I I, I think.
1: Kill Bill. uh, the big thing of what it is with him is his love of pop culture in which right he puts his love of pop culture wears it on the sleeve in every movie and i think that just helps lend itself right to the cult following right like true romance was
0: full of, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah so it's essentially a heist gone awry right, right. they're trying to what is there to steal diamonds or something diamonds yes um and of course it goes bad um but the cast is good. It's got Steve Buscemi, as we were talking just talking about. Buscemi is, Buscemi, is fantastic. Buscemi, and... uh, Michael Madsen, who's a, the usual, plays the usual menacing character that he normally does. Chris Penn. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. He uses
1: Chris Penn a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Harvey uh, Keitel. Harvey Keitel, Keitel. Yeah. And Tim Roth, and a, and Tim Roth damn near ruins the movie with his. After he gets shot in the abdomen, he basically hollers and screams for like twenty minutes. <laughs> like during other. Dialogue that's going on. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, but yeah, and, and so they're setting all this up, and you know, it, it, the whole everybody's going to have a code name, and it's going to be a color, <laughs> right. Mister Brown, Mister White. So, and, and then it, it was it was Steve Buscemi that was had to be Mister Pink, right? Yes. Okay, I couldn't remember yes. which one. He was bitching about having to be Mister Pink. Yeah, they're well, weren't they like restaurant or something? What difference does it make? <laughs> 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 right, turned restaurant planning. It right they had yeah. a they had a planning in like a diner, right? Yeah, right. So, I liked it. I liked the movie. Oh, oh I, well
1: and and, well. Uh, and I but, uh, I was going to bring up that, um, and you kind of touched on it. Is there are a number of his movies that fit the cult movie criteria, mm-hmm. like True Romance? Yeah, nineteen ninety three. Now it's it's not a true Tarantino movie. He didn't direct it. True but
0: he wrote it and yeah it's got his fingerprints all over it oh yeah um and we've 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 bagged on christian Slinger in the past but he's, he's pretty good at it <laughs> he's very good at it and dennis hopper steals that movie i mean he's just phenomenal when he he's, realizes he's going to get killed and he basically with, with christopher walken yes with christopher walken and he essentially goads them and they just kill him before he can divulge any information it's brilliant brilliant writing um but yeah, I enjoyed that movie. That's it had Val Kilmer in it too, right? Val Kilmer was Elvis. Oh, that's, right. He's, that's right. Yeah, Elvis was uh, uh,
1: Clarence's imaginary friend. <laughs>
0: it's, been, it's been a fear since I've seen that, and that's the one where they had the the, the slow motion gun uh, gun battle with all the pillows. Yes. There, yeah.
1: And and you had uh, James Gandolfini was yes. one of the goons. James, yes, I forgot uh, Sam Jackson. Yeah. Oh, and then Gary Oldman. Yes, that's right. As the, the 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 gangster drug dealer that thought he was black, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. kept calling uh, Christian Slater <laughs> a white boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just rewatched this one yeah, just. Uh, and uh, originally, Tarantino had uh, christian slater die at the end oh really and then they rewrote it yeah i i i honestly like the the happier ending with them winding up mm-hmm. in mexico yeah on the beach uh
0: with their kids shark so, sure, who is it?
1: it it is okay i couldn't remember yeah.
0: who the okay
1: and he uh i got some notes on this um Oh, shoot I don't know where it is but um, I know he originally wanted um, Drew Barrymore oh, really? to be Alabama and something that's really cool that he did because this one came out first and then Reservoir Dogs there is a little conversation between two of the guys I don't remember which ones and, and he, he he goes hey how's Alabama you seen Alabama and he goes Alabama's oh, doing
0: great and, and that, I think that's a really cool callback. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was good that's a good uh, that's a good sequence there having the reservoir dogs and true romance
1: so yeah and then of course you gotta mention um Pulp Fiction.
0: Yeah, you know what I, mean? I guess you gotta talk about Pulp Fiction. Um. I uh, yeah, I guess you do. <laughs> I mean, it, the problem with Pulp Fiction it was just it's just so played out. I mean, it's it, just, well, I, I agree. agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's quoted daily. Yeah, and how many people and shows have done spoofs and parodies of the scene with the Travolta and the, you know, uh, yeah, every uh, animated series basically. Oh has yeah, done it. oh yeah, like, <laughs> like American Dad and all these others. Um, but yeah. But that's part of the. That's part of the why we're talking about it is because it's yeah, this, you know. it, it, it's a cult movie. And so, what do you think of Pulp Fiction?
1: I'm a pretty big fan of most of his. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. So, I like I like his style of not doing the, the non linear timelines. Yeah. I, I I really like the movie you know I, I
0: i don't watch it a bunch because i don't you know right want to get burned out on it i only saw it once and it was a long long time ago uh I, I remember it being like you said it is kind of the non-linear thing you're talking about it makes it a little hard to follow for me cuz i'm not real bright but <laughs> <laughs> <it's>, you know <laughs> that's my own problem i guess i shouldn't blame tarantino for that <laughs> and it did
1: Freaking completely revived John Travolta's career. Yeah. He, I mean, he was doing the Look Who's Talking movies. That's right. At that right. point in his career. He
0: he was doing shit. That's right. He was doing Look Who's Talking. with forgot yeah, Steve Gunberg. No, that was Three Men and a Beatty. I can't get those Beatty movies straight. There were so many of them.
1: And, and, and uh, so, I mean, I, and what was great is the studio was walking at Tarantino wanting John Travolta because Travolta wasn't bankable like he, right. he would soon be again be yeah and uh, for some reason he had it in his head that John Travolta was perfect for this role and who would have fucking thought he would have been perfect right. for the role yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I mean he's a sweat hog he was know. a sweat hog he was <laughs> a disco dancer <laughs> he was a d- and a, a little <laughs> a a cowboy and and, <laughs> and, 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 and 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 a baby <laughs> right. That checks all the boxes, right? uh, Yeah, I mean... And a greaser.
0: uh,
1: Yeah, to me,
0: his stuff he had done was shit. Yeah, yeah, and he... And then, after that, they put him in every freaking movie. I mean, they put him in so many things. Oh, yeah. Michael, uh, Broken Arrow, (laughs) Phenomenon. It's a Phenomenon. (laughs) Phenomenon was was (laughs) such a cheesy fucking piece of shit. (laughs) I'm like an angel, but I ain't got no wings. <laughs> what kind of angel is that? I swear God. to God. I swear I'm to God. I'm going to do the rest of the show as a one man yeah. show.
1: <laughs> John saying things as John <laughs> Don't
0: Don't act like you wouldn't like that. <laughs> I swear to God you I would. I swear to God you'd <laughs> like no. it. Now it sounds, sounds like walking. <laughs> John Travolta. That's kind a fine line. Isn't yeah. it? That, that'd be a weird face-off. Yes. Begin <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <get> face-off. Face-off. You're going to count yeah. that. Oh, I see off. what you yeah. did there, Scott. Yeah. yeah. It's that research. <laughs> face-off. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> how about uh, for the Big Lebowski? <laughs> Man, <laughs> you don't want to talk about that one, do you? I, I'm. So, I, I love the movie. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's pretty good. Pretty good movie. Cohen Brothers. Cohen Brothers shows up in the lobby I think we're talking about. Uh, yeah, and I, that's why I have a, another section for just
1: Cohen. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Again,
1: they were another one, that, another uh, writing, directing team that, yeah. it was like everything they did became a cult movie. Yeah. And, and theirs were more legitimately cult movies. Like uh, Tarantino's, most of his did really well at the box office. mm mm-hmm. Cohen Brothers, man,
0: like Big Lebowski, fucking bombed. Well, yeah, I mean, but it, it bombed with good reason, I think, because it, the the plot was a little thin to me. The, the it, <laughs> Jeff Bridges carried that with all of the quotes. I mean, in that persona of the dude. oh, and then John Goodman's character, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> and again
0: Steve Buscemi, <laughs> that's right.
1: John Tutoro as Jesus, yes. the Jesus, yeah. Also, it had in it Philip Seymour Hoffman
0: in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was right. the uh, the uh, the butler. Uh, guy and uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about Roadhouse but (laughs) but Ben Gazzaro is also in this Uh, uh,
1: and I mean it it's basically um, almost it almost I, I think most of the Coen Brothers movies are basically a noir
0: movie like like Fargo yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is basically a noir, noir movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really think, didn't really think of it that way. But yeah, those those two in particular, are very very noir. Well, Fargo more so. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of quotes. One one I hear a lot is the the quote. I had a rough night, and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Every time somebody mentions not liking the Eagles, I used to use that quote a really? lot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> um, and then he throws him out of his game. What kind of California guy hates the Eagles? I mean, it's like a required state requirement, isn't it? Um. Oh, and then um, now Jeff Bridges came up with the line, "The dude abides." Oh, that's right. The dude. I forgot about that quote. And um, Um, that's like just like your opinion, man. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's one of my favorite quotes of all time. (laughs) Oh, obviously you're not a golfer. (laughs) (laughs) But I hear these all the time. I mean, this is part of pop culture now. So yeah. So he's mistaken. What is He's mistaken for a millionaire with the same name, right? Right. Right. (laughs) So yeah, they are both Jeffrey Lebowski, <laughs> yeah. and then the the part where
1: the the, partner, the, uh, the goons come in and shove his head in the toilet, mm-hmm. and they are asking him where the money is. Where's the money? And they, they bring him up, and he goes, "Oh no, it's down there somewhere. Let me have another look."
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and what was the scene? I can't remember the one about the piss on the carpet. Oh was yeah, it? yeah, the guy he beat on the carpet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <It's It's> remember <driven. laughs> And
1: he wanted, the whole thing was he wanted a new rug, so he wanted the rich (laughs) Lebowski to get him a new rug. Because the rug brought the whole room together. (laughs) That's right, that's what it was. And then one of my favorite parts is is, is he's stopping people from coming in, so he nails a two-by-four to the floor in front of the door. (laughs) They walk in because the door opens the other way. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. There's some funny, funny moments. Uh, and uh, another one of theirs, Raising Arizona. Oh, yeah, it's on my list. Raising Arizona.
1: Freaking uh, Mick um, Cage.
0: Yes. Nick Cage, Holly Hunter, and again, John Goodman. Yeah. Mick Cage was fantastic in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the plot basically is he's high, H.I. high. McDonald right. And he, he robs stores, comedian stores. And Holly Hunter is his wife, who they met when she was taking his mugshot. I guess. Yeah. So um, yeah, she's a cop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's a cop, and he's a he's a criminal. So. So yeah, then it basically there's a they quit what they're doing and they decide they're gonna ha- they're raise a family, but they can't have children, so they decide well we're gonna somehow get a child
1: <laughs> because they have
0: the the, uh,
1: the Arizona sex tuplets. Is that right? The, yeah, they're quintuplets. Quintuplets. Yeah.
0: Um, and they still, which one? Nathan Jr.? Is that the one? Yes. And throughout the movie, Nathan Jr.'s name keeps changing. <laughs> so finally, see so we just call him Junior. <laughs> and, and, and one of my
1: favorite parts is they have the baby for five minutes and Holly Hunter starts sobbing. I love him so much. Freaking brilliant. And weirdly enough, uh, Francis McDormand is in a Coen
0: Brothers movie. <laughs> so they have some quotes from this one um, Son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> that was the first one I thought of. Yeah. Or the the one that I like is, in other they're getting balloons from somewhere. And they said, You got any of those funny shaped balloons? And the guy's like, Nope, not unless Round's funny. <laughs> Coen, the Combos are great writers. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Um, this one, I, I kind of thought this one had done fairly well at the box office. But, which would be the exception, because like you said, a lot of these... Yeah, a, uh, a whole lot of theirs dined at the box office, only to gain... Yeah. So this was 87, so Holly Hunter was pretty... The height of her powers at this point, right? Oh, yeah. She had been in a lot of stuff. So I think they were thinking they were going to make some money with this. Not like... The typical movie where they're just going to throw it out there and see what sticks, right? Yeah, um, Nick Cage, Randall, Tex Cobb. I mean, Nick Cage wasn't that huge. At That's true. Point, was I, I mean, mean he just done Valley Girl. Right? Yeah, he'd done <laughs> Valley Girl, and so <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then he didn't become put him in every movie until later, much later than that. And I love the 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 where they uh, John
1: Goodman and uh, William Forsyth uh, had to take prison and seeing them
0: come up out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They share to sell, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was a funny movie. Um, if you watch the trailer, it doesn't really look like it's going to be that funny, but it's, yeah. it's pretty funny when you actually watch the movie. Um,
1: well, my last Coen Brothers, you might have another, uh, is Over oh Brother, Where Art
0: Them. Oh, yeah, I never saw that, believe it or not. You're yeah. Hulk? What? I don't, I don't. Well, what year is it? Uh, the, the, well, it is 2000. Okay, so that's just on the border. Right. Um, okay, well, let's talk about it. I mean, I've never seen it, but... Um, it, I've watched enough for both of us. George Clooney. George, it George
1: Clooney is is fantastic in it. Uh, John Totoro, again, amazing. Uh, Charles Durning. Uh, it's basically a hillbilly depression era retelling of Homer's The Odyssey okay <laughs> okay that sounds with their with their quest yep. and if uh, they escape from prison and they're on the mm-hmm. run to try to get the treasure which he George Clooney's character lies to his other two guys that he uh, ran off with saying that there was this treasure they had to get to and the treasure was nothing but his wedding ring. He's going to be bottom of the lake. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it, it hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman's in it. John Goodman again. Fantastic. He is amazing in it. Um. Oh, and I can't think of what his name is. He used to actually be on E haw but he was a great actor. He uh, played uh, Babyface Nelson. Oh yes, yes, yes. I,
0: I don't know his name. Uh, he's on Heat Hall, like the 70s Hee Haw he, yes wow he must have been pretty old <laughs> well
1: not especially I mean I mean he had a baby face
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: did <laughs> maybe they meant that ironically <laughs> but that's another one I don't think did all that well when it came out at the box office I
0: remember seeing the trailer for it when it came out I was like that looks pretty fucking weird <laughs> Well, you're not wrong. I mean, it is, and weird. I, I think the the soundtrack is what made it what it is. So, what is the thing with the Soggy Bottom Boys? What is that Soggy Bottom Boys thing? Is that part of that movie? Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. That was their made up band. Yeah, they, okay. they, yeah, they go in and and record a song for ten dollars each. Ten dollars each, and uh, it becomes a hit on uh, this little radio station and um selling out of the records just trying to yeah figure out who they and, were and then people go nuts when they show up and people figure out that they, they call themselves the soggy bottom boys because they had just come out of uh like a hospital river. yeah river bat. that's that's right yep. river yeah, uh, yeah. these two wet zone bitches <laughs> <laughs> Forever, uh, man! That uh, I love everything about that movie. And my wife doesn't get tired of me quoting it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to
0: have a watch party, I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> um, me too. Maybe I'll watch it at your at your glowing recommendation. I mean, we go ahead and just pack up uh, and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me, <laughs> as long as you don't run out of beer. I, I'm <laughs> not stopped. a problem. I am stocked. <laughs> uh, so what else you got? I, uh, let's see. My, my list kind of goes all over the place. Oh, mine so, too. Um, let's talk about a couple of animated ones. and I think you know where I'm going with this. The Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, yeah. It's a big-time cult classic. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's basically the album in movie form. It follows the album pretty closely. And if you've never heard the album, The Wall is the probably the most preeminent example of a concept album that there is, I would say. I mean, from a cohesion standpoint, yeah. You know, from start to finish, it, it tells the story of a a rock star who, in the movie, is played by Bob Geldof. Who, if you don't know who Bob Geldof is, you probably remember him as the guy that organized Live Aid. That's how most people, I think, know Bob Geldof's name.
1: And if you're a little bit older, you you might
0: know him as the lead singer of Boomtown Rats. Boomtown Rats, right? Um and the, the the singer is screwed up because his father died in the war. And when and back then the war was World War II, yes. not the Gulf War. <laughs> so the, uh, his mother was overbearing, and the mother son relationship plays a big part in the in obviously in the album and the movie. Um so He does like a typical rock star and he divulges and or indulges in drugs and sex and everything else and he's just having a rough time. He's strung out and whatever and the issue is the wall is basically the wall that he's put around himself to insulate himself from being hurt by other people. And not to give too much of the album away, (laughs) but (laughs) at the end the, the he goes to a trial and uh the trial, have all these people that have been in his life who he's fucked over, who have not fucked him over, or just maybe fucked him over. And he... The verdict from the judge is to tear down the wall, Ryan, to let, you know, everything... I don't know how that worked out for him, because they don't go into that after that, but it was... Um, the movie was good. It, was, it wasn't it was fully animated. It was weird. It was weird. It was, like, half animated and half live action, Yeah. right? Um but there was the animation was really cool. Like the walking hammers, very, very um, striking the way they, they did yes. that. And the, um, the, the flowers in, oh, what was the song? Uh, thin Ice. When they're doing the thin ice sequence and they, the, the flowers are essentially in, involved in a naughty copulation sequence. Right. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, that notwithstanding, the animation part is really good. Um, and I like the album. The album is one of my favorite albums. Um, I happen to like Pink Floyd a lot. So uh, I actually had to get a new copy of that album. I wore my yeah. first copy out. Yeah. Uh, my older brother, I think I may have told you this story before, um, he got one of those little, back in the 70s, I want to say maybe 78, 79. He got one of the. it must have been 79, um, got one of those sound design little Cassette players, yeah. um, and you know, it took like 4D batteries or whatever. Um, no option for an ACL, you had to use batteries with it. So he got that, and he got three cassettes with it. He got Linda Ronstadt, uh, the one with Party Girl on it, which I know is not a Linda Ronstadt song, it's always Costello. But anyway, he got that one, he got the long run from the Eagles, and he got the wall for Pink Floyd. And When he wouldn't, when he would leave house, I would sneak in and listen to his, his three rec- albums. And that was the one I probably wore out. I wore out on cassette. so. Um, but yeah. It's lo- lots of catchy, lots of earworms, lots of famous, you know, brick in the wall, comfortably numb, dirty woman, all that shit comes off of that album. I still don't like it as well as animals. But that's another story. But anyway, yeah, the movie is a very faithful reproduction
1: the album and that is one they uh, absolutely did the midnight showings on oh
0: yeah yeah um did anybody dress up as hammers or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i never saw a midnight when i think of pink floyd and that kind of shit i think of, like laser light shows right oh, <laughs> oh like yeah yeah they, yeah, they <laughs> would play dark
1: side of the moon and <laughs>
0: do <laughs> like <wizards>. lasers yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, that was a good one, and and the the companion to that sort of is heavy metal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Heavy metal nineteen eighty one. Ivan Reitman actually was did, who he? did this. Yeah,
1: I did not know um, that.
0: It's Canadian. It's a Canadian production. So, just I want to give you a couple of lists here dealing with heavy metal. The 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 very basic plot of heavy metal is there's an overriding evil force that transverses all of history, and you can't escape it. You can just try to defend yourself from it best you can. In this movie, it takes the form of an evil shining orb. <laughs> so, the plot's a little sketchy. But, it consists of a lot of different, like, ten-minute vignettes, like little stories. And the little glowing ball travels from uh, scene to scene with with narration that kind of hooks all of the uh, vignettes together. Right. Um, so, the first list I'm going to give you is a list of people who did voiceovers in it. Okay. So, um... John Candy Harold Ramis Eugene Levy John Vernon and there were a lot of others but those are the ones that um, amazingly were, not a comedy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
1: That's right. I
0: well the, the John Candy vignette scene was pretty funny um, because he's, a, he's an alien that gets abducted and he goes up to some planet where there's a bunch of sex starved women and he has sex with them <laughs> and he's thinking wow, well, I never got this lucky back on earth you know? <laughs> so it was pretty funny um but yeah, the John Vernon one was not funny. I mean, and, and right, the movie's not a not a, um, not a comedy. It's, the animation is just kind of okay. Uh, but it's a cult class because everybody I know has, has seen the movie. I mean, it had it, cartoon it, like, boobs in it. Yeah, that's right. It had a lot of sexual, yeah, it had like cartoon screw it and cartoon yeah. and everything. Um, and based on the, uh, the, the, the graphic uh, comics. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Uh, you know, that's there what was, was a series on. called Heavy Metal, right? Like a graphic novel. Yeah, graphic they, comic, they yeah. were they were
1: comics, yeah. Like mini graphic novel with the way the illustrations were. Yeah. That um, that were out in the seventies. Right.
0: Yeah. there's a Heavy Metal two. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> right. It came out way. <laughs> like, yeah, I, too, yeah, I couldn't even tell tell you what it was. Yeah, it was like two thousand something. Um, yeah, the other thing is the music. Obviously, had heavy the song heavy metal like Dum- Don Dum- Felder, yeah. yeah. Um, Working in a coal mine by Devo. Oh that was it. <laughs> yeah, I like their version of that. Uh, Veteran of the Psychic Wars, Blue Easter Cult, um Reach Out by Cheap Trick, uh, Open Arms by Journey, Ooh. a lot of other things. Plus, it had a like a it's like an orchestral part too, where they had a uh, had somebody write the score. I can't remember his name, um, but it was a very lush sort of orchestral production. So that was also part of it. Um, they had other songs by Sammy Hagar, Donald, oh, that's right. Donald Fagan, Nazareth, Grand Funk Railroad, Black Sabbath, and Stevie Dix. <laughs> All right. Um, needless to say, that soundtrack went platinum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I,
1: I know the, um, the song Heavy Metal was, was
0: pretty big there for a little while. Yeah, that was like Don Felder's big hit. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is after he got kicked out of the Eagles, I think, so um 81 so that would have been after i think um speaking of the eagles how how many really good guitar players do you need in one band i know you hate <laughs> i know you just said you hate the fucking eagles <laughs> but, but all those guys don felder Joe walsh later obviously but glenn fry they all play to get you know how many lead guitars do you need um so anyway little little side it's there. true and uh, uh, and
1: really good singers
0: right yeah um, so, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, I, I, I've I seen Heavy Metal a lot more than I've seen The Wall, and I've seen both probably ten times. Okay, so I've seen them both equally, just based on <laughs> the <that, so. laughs> Anyway, yeah. Right around my, adoles- like, my burgeoning adolescence, the 81, 82, those movies came out. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was
1: uh, the year I graduated.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So, yeah. And moving right along. Yeah. How about? I just watched this one again yesterday so it would be a little more fresh was Office Space. Oh, I uh, was yes. hoping we would talk
0: about Office Space. I mean, of all of these, Office Space is probably my favorite one. Hey, can you press that sound effect button for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Wait, press it again. Hold on. Got it. Ready? <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Right on time there. Um, 1999. So I'm glad this one hits the cutoff. Obviously, it's a Mike Judge movie. Um, and Mike Judge is in the movie as Stan, the uh, Jennifer Aniston's manager. Oh, is yeah, that, that Mike Judge? That's Mike Judge, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I know, I know uh, they said, uh,
0: I guess, Mike Judge...
1: Based it on his experience
0: working in an office. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: There's so much with with this movie. I mean, it, it's the plot again. It, it's funny. It, the, the plot is just a vehicle for the humor, as as it is in most comedies. Oh yeah. But they these these three guys they work at a suck ass job with some tech company called in- Inatech. Yes. <laughs> and they they you know they're constantly you know trying to trying to figure out how they can get out of there and basically envying anyone who's able to escape the, the drudgery that they have to deal with. Um, but the quotes from this movie, there's so many. And uh, Ron Livingston is really good in the movie. Yes, he is. But Gary Cole, Gary Steve, Cole steals every it. fucking scene he, he's, he's in. Gary Cole is Lumb- as Lumberg, yeah. And his interplay with Steven Root is absolutely hysterical. Stephen Root is... is- And we've mentioned it before as being one
1: of our favorite character actors ever. Absolutely. Yeah. He's fantastic in it.
0: Uh, John C. McGinley is one of the bobs. bobs. (laughs) (laughs) John C. McGinley is one of the bobs. Jennifer Aniston obviously was in it. Um, Dietrich Bader. (laughs) Dietrich Bader. I I love him in everything he's
1: in ever.
0: Yeah, he kind of had a Freddie Mercury thing going in that one a little bit. <laughs> it was really weird. Um, Peter, put on Channel Three. <laughs> well, and, and I,
1: I, I read a thing from him where he came up with this with this voice he wanted to do, and it wasn't that one, but somebody else was using the voice oh. he wanted to do. So he quickly went into this one. Went, went to this one. Hey, Peter.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a breast exam on Channel Nine. <laughs> Yeah, David Herman was Michael Bolton. Yes, yes. And uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Why don't you just call yourself Mike? <laughs> Why should I to change my name? He's the one that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Triggered response there. <laughs> yeah, that's that was really funny. I had a boss when I when I lived in Dallas. I had a job uh, at a at a, um, at a membership warehouse that was parent company was Kmart. <laughs> Oh wow! It, it was called Pace Pace Membership Warehouses, and uh, they weren't around long. But I had a job there. Surprising, as well as Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how it failed, but um, yeah, I had a job there where I where I installed tires and batteries.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: uh, my boss's name was Michael Mike Bolton. Michael Bolton. <laughs> this is before the movie came out, but I, I just wanted to, yeah, really because that was when Michael Bolton was kind of popular. You know, it was like late oh, yeah. 80s, yeah, like yeah. 80s, early 90s. So I was like, maybe you should change your name. Um, there's some quotes that come from, obviously, there's so many quotes, but one, the one that has really made its way into regular vernacular is when Michael Bolton calls Michael Bolton a no-talent ass-clown. <laughs> <laughs> and ass-clown has become part of our slang vocabulary. It really has. I mean, oh, a yeah. lot of people know, I don't know if everybody knows it comes from office space, but everybody knows what an ass-clown is, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah. And, and of course, Lumberg's... Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. Hey, Milton, what's happening? I'm going <laughs> to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and... Uh... Well, the the play, interplay after Ron Livingston decides he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> between him and, and Lumberg is hilarious. Oh. I don't think you heard me. Mm, I think we have a... <laughs> Ooh. <That's... laughs> I don't... <laughs> I think we... I don't think we're seeing eye to eye on this one.
1: <laughs> and, and, and again, uh, Gary Cole is fucking brilliant in everything that he's in.
0: And he's not been anything else, anything like that in any of his other roles. <laughs> no, Lumberg was just brilliant. Yeah. How many memes have you seen on social media with Lumberg? Oh, yeah. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. those fucking suspenders and that fucking blue shirt, right? The O face. Yeah.
1: <laughs> o face. Show her my O face. And they always had the, 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 uh, the, the, the white collar with the colored. Yeah. When that, that was, popular was popular for like six months. Right.
0: <laughs> I think Larry King would always have a shirt like yes. that on. Yes. Um, how about, uh, oh, someone has a case of the Mondays. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> <And> my <laughs> like, who says that? I don't, do you say that? I,
1: who says that? Yeah, and then he asks uh, uh, Dietrich Bader, because everybody, No 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 man. no man
0: <laughs> of course my all-time favorite scene in the movie is when they take the copier out back and take baseball bats to it to uh, the ghetto boys yes I mean, yeah <laughs> it's great but what what's a close it's second basically to like me. reservoir dogs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was yeah it was it and then that sense has been parodied I mean my the most memorable one is is on Family Guy. Yep. When Peter Griffin decides he wants the, does the what's the name of that song? The bird is the word. And it's that's not the name of it. Serving Bird. That's Serving Bird. Yeah. So he decides that that's the coolest song ever. So he sings it at every opportunity and he has a record. So then they take the record out back. <laughs> yeah, Brian they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian and Stewie. Uh, it's like shot for shot. <laughs> it's, it's, you see in slow motion pieces of the vinyl just flying up in the air and they're Stewie takes another shot. Brian's holding the phone and gets back at it. It's just terrible. Um, so yeah, and the TPS reports. You take it, and everybody can relate to that because how many times you've been at work and you got six people telling you the same fucking thing. It's like, I, the last five fucking people that told me that, I got it. You know? Yes. <laughs> so that, that movie had a, a, a budget of $10 million. That was it. Wow. And I, I heard it, it sold like... And I think it did okay at the box office, but again, once it it took off afterwards. Yeah. And they've uh, sold millions and millions of copies of the... Yeah, it, that was... It,
1: uh, I'm not sure what the box office... I think it was okay, not yeah, great. You right. know, but uh, you're right. I mean, when it got to Blockbuster is when it became yeah. huge.
0: Then they're selling special edition staplers. All the red yeah, staplers. Yeah. Swingline. Swingline had to, had to make a red stapler yeah. to... Keep you know because everybody's saying why can't I get this in red? <laughs> <Yeah. Right>? <laughs> 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 so I mean, uh,
1: it, <laughs> and I guess
0: it, the, the the movie started off as a short, a cartoon short called Milton. called Milton. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing that on SNL. They would do showings, and the the character that played Lumberg in the short it was one of those um, jittery animation. Yes, you remember those? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of popular. Um, and Milton was. It was it was it was a very close reproduction of what you saw in the in the movie. Yeah, and because uh, I
1: think Mike Judge did Lumberg's voice in it. Yeah, and uh, and he had like a beard or something. He like, had like like a shitty little hippie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And because uh, I, I, I heard a thing with Gary Cole saying, "Man, I wish I could say I came up with the yeah." yeah, yeah. And he goes, "But everything." about Lumberg's voice and characterizations (laughs) was already done. It was already laid out by my judge. I could not have... See, I'm I'm just hearing Hank Hill do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to need those TPS reports.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, (laughs) Milton. Damn it, Bobby.
1: Um,
0: Oh, speaking of the stapler, I guess whenever Stephen Root does a project and he shows up on the set for the first time, like the crew will have like a box of red staplers for him, <laughs> because then he can get give them out to people. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, because wasn't he an old brother?
1: Yes, he was the blind uh, radio station guy that recorded
0: the soggy bottom yep. boys. Uh, Stephen Root is, is is he's legendary. He, he is. is. Um, so after the movie came out, they did like post viewing polling. And viewers gave it a C C+. Really? So, yeah. Um, so it was like, yeah, it was like it was okay, but I'm not sure I would see it again. But now and now it's it's Office Space. Um, last thing about it, TGI Fridays had to drop their requirement of wearing the flare Flair. because too many people, like customers, were making fun of them after the movie came <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> so TGI Friday said, okay, you guys, don't have to wear
1: that anymore. Yeah, I, I remember going to Fridays back in the early
0: '90s when. Yeah. That shit was know, like, the fuck and, is up with this? And, the, and they, the quote from it was either Ron Livingston or Mike Judge saying, talking about that whole thing with Fridays, and then saying, "So, in a way, I guess we changed the world for the better." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, I'm glad we talked about that one because that's that's one of my favorite, not just cult movies, but movies in general. Um, again, I've seen it 15 times, easy. Um and the Indian guy and not at getting mag as no one can pronounce his really long complicated names. <laughs> yes. It's very Samir. Easy. Samir, <laughs> that is very easy. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 is a suck. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we could leak it again proving the point that the the secret to some of these cult movies is the fact that they're quotable. So very quotable movie there.
1: Now, I got one, um, and I I got to touch on it, because a lot of people consider it to be the first cult movie, and that is 1922's Nosferatu. Oh,
0: I heard an interesting bit of trivia about that. Who's the actor that played Nosferatu? He went by a first initial middle name, something like that. Oh, shit. doesn't really matter, (laughs) but apparently he, like... He does a scene for nine minutes, and he doesn't. He only blinks one time. Holy shit! Isn't that great That's a crazy bit of trivia because I, I saw that just the other day. You're talking about Nosferatu, so I have not, not Max Shreck. Yeah, Max Shrek, That's what it is. Yeah, I have not seen this movie, so I just watched that
1: one again recently. I I watch all this shit, so you don't have to. <laughs> but it's, it's a brilliant movie. It's <laughs> uh, a silent film, isn't it? It, it is silent. 1922 and. Man, uh, uh F.W. Murnau, or well, Murnau, M U R N A U, he's German, so it's either Murnau or Murnau. It's <laughs> probably the second one. <laughs> um, but basically, this is a complete ripoff of the, the novel Dracula. He changed the name. Uh, he's no longer Count Dracula. He is Count Orlock. Uh, but you know, it has the same the the, the real estate it's like guy a
0: family dollar version of Dracula. Uh, yeah,
1: except it's we have Dracula at home, but it's fucking brilliant. I mean, the it's done in a German, a, a, a very expressionist uh, sort of styling, where he does the uh, the the shadows are almost a character. In mm-hmm. the movie, the way he the way he shot this it's freaking yeah. amazing. Um, but since it was obviously just a retelling of Dracula, and the movie Dracula hadn't been done yet, it wouldn't be uh-huh. done for another eleven years. Um, Bram Stoker's widow sued. Murnau or Murnau! (laughs) Uh, And uh, part of the settlement, the judge ruled that all of the. uh,
0: Man, I hit that button. You hit the the, the multi-task. Watch your your elbow there. You hit the button. Hit (laughs) the sound effect button. So uh, he ordered that all uh,
1: copies of the film be destroyed. Oh, really? Okay. Luckily, some had been sent to the United States for uh, theater openings. In the states, so it, it preserved So it, preserved it, that it way. was. It, they found them, and it's been,
0: you know, saved. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wonder if it's one. Of, if that's one of those, they were able, you know, that project they've got ongoing where they're trying to save all of these movies, and a lot of these movies are just lost. Oh yeah, there's it, tons of them. Yeah, because uh, you know they they, <clears throat> they used to um,
1: they used to film everything. It, it, it was nitrate, mm-hmm. and it it well, it's extremely mm-hmm. flammable. But it also breaks down over time right, right. and you can't, it all bunches together and you can't, it's unsavable. So
0: it's like a problem we'll never have again. But for for the period of time before whatever um, they, the, that, that technology changed, there's, I guess there's hundreds of movies and these were famous movies and well-known movies and movies that were, did well at the time and whatever, yeah, they're just lost forever. They are. So they're scrambling around to try to get these um, movies preserved somehow. Um, so yeah. Here's one I bet you're not expecting me to bring up. Okay. The Wicker Man. Ah. <laughs> 1973. If you've seen... I know you've seen The Wicker Man. yeah. So, uh... And I, I remember watching it as a kid. And like, yeah. So this pl- is really fucking weird. Yeah, the plot of the movie is... There, it's a, there's a, a cop who goes to a, an island in Scotland. He's looking for a missing girl. And he gets to this island. The, the community... Has become somewhat isolated, and uh, they—they're basically pagans, which offends the cop's very Christian uh, sense, you know, uh, sense of propriety. And he's—he's he's looking for this missing girl, and he's not having a lot of luck. And he thinks he's dead, and they lead him on a wild goose chase, and they deny knowing her and everything. But they do a lot of pagan rituals, a lot of them involving sacrifice. Right. So that's the main, really. That's the main part of the. Uh, the plot of that. Um, didn't they remake this? Did oh, They remake Wicker Man.
1: They sadly remade it with, with Nick Cage. With Nick Cage, yeah. It, oh, I and it ends where you know uh, in the original they set the Wicker Man on fire, uh-huh. and in this one I've never I've never seen it, but I've seen the the the, the shot where they put a cage or a, a, a basket over his head. Isn't it filled with, with like bees? bees and <laughs> No, not bees! All oh, the bees! All oh, the bees! It's,
0: it's horrible. Oh no, they've got bees like the Family Guy where Rob Gronkowski gets run out of town because there's bees. Oh no, bees! Let's go! Um. So, yeah. It was a pretty creepy movie. I mean, it, it, it's considered like the quintessential British horror flick. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah it, it, uh,
1: well, it's um,
0: considered uh, Folk horror, mm-hmm. the, the subgenre of folk horror. Okay, yeah, um, I, I liked it. it. It's been like again, it's another one. Is, uh, it's been a long time since I've I've seen it, but it, it made an impression on me when I did. Because like, wow, this is really dark. I mean, it's very dark. Movie. Oh yeah, it's a lot of the sacrifice
1: and it's, it, uh, it, it, it was ju- it was uh, I guess when I saw it as a kid, I was like it, it was just. Unlike any horror that I had seen, you right.
0: know, it's, to me is more like psychological horror. You know, it it's just yeah. felt had that element of psychological horror to it. Um, but you know, in the end, they, the, you know, the worry the whole time was the the, the girls, uh, little girl's name is Rowan, Rowan Morrison, and the, the what what they get you thinking is, you know, he has to save this girl from being sacrificed. That's where they lead you. But, you know, in kind of a Planet of the Apes-ish twist, that's not what, the, like, all along, it was him they wanted to the sacrifice because he met the requirements of, like, he was he was a fool, he was a virgin, and he came here willingly. <laughs> I guess that's all it takes. <laughs> so, then they, so the sacrifice took place because it was like a, like a fertility ritual for crops. You know, if you want to please the pagan gods or whatever, then you have to sacrifice and they would take the knives and the swords and they would put them in like almost like a star of David pattern everybody would pull it at once and it would just like yes, It's like basically snap the head off. So um And when did they bring the bees in? <laughs> there were no bees. No! The nineteen seventy three version has no bees that I'm aware of. Just they firing. Put, they put fire put him inside yeah, it has a lot of fire. So they put him inside of the Big Wicker Man, which by the way, lives on as the thing they burn at Burning Man. Um and right. he had, get sacrificed that way and that's how the movie ends and christopher lee is the one that masterminds the whole thing yes so. um but yeah good it was a good movie to me um and i've not seen the remake and <laughs> based Please, on what you're saying don't, i don't think i'm don't going go, to god I don't i'm gonna waste my i'll waste two hours i'm gonna watch you know i'll re-watch the conversation or something you know <laughs> better off watching face, face off <laughs> yeah <I'll> watch face <laughs> off you know lots of nick i'll watch valley girl hell i don't care So,
1: um, next I got, I, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, uh, it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies, uh, 1932 Todd Browning directed Freaks. i uh, not seen that. So, <clears throat> evidently, I think Todd Browning, at one point in his career, worked in a carnival, so he wanted to do something like this. And um it was based it was based on a book or a short story by uh oh Todd, Todd Robbins. I don't know who that is, but it was called Spurs. And but he used actual circus freaks. Uh, and this movie is creepy as shit. Mm. Um so they basically premise is the beautiful tra- trapeze artist. Uh, I think she was called Cleopatra. Her and the circus strongman devise a, have a plot to uh, for her to act like she's fallen in love with a dwarf, mm-hmm. and because uh, he is, 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 is it has inherited a bunch of money, so they're going to wait for, her, for them to get married, kill him, take the money. Uh, they have. A thing where, uh, when they're starting to uh, get together with their fake date—pardon <clears throat> me—with their fake dates, uh, they have a thing, uh, and it's—it's it's a ritual that that, that that the freaks do, and uh, the the uh, Ramones actually did a song with it, and it's that uh, they they accept her and. So they start doing this thing, saying "One of us, one of us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: gobble gobble, one of us." <laughs> it's creepy as shit. <laughs> well, then they find out that uh, find out the plot, and uh, so the end of it, it's raining like hell. They're in these 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 circus trains, and so you you see this armless legless guy. Legless guy with a knife in his mouth crawling toward her oh, you find uh, all these freaks are coming through the mud at her Jeez. It, it, and then the very end of it she is a circus freak and she's got these feathers stuck in her and she sort of just sort of
0: she can't they've taken her tongue out and oh, really? it's fucked up <laughs> oh my god that must have been quite odd for 1932.
1: 1932, holy yeah. shit. Uh, oh, it was pre-Hayes code. But man, people were
0: absolutely outraged and it yeah, it was So what makes that in your opinion? What makes that a cult? Well,
1: it found a home and it was another one uh they, they was not allowed on TV and they started having showings of it. Oh, okay. Um, at midnight showings. And it, I mean, it would became huge uh, on that circuit. I gotcha.
0: That seems to be a vehicle for a lot of these I, movies. Absolutely. These movies, yeah? and, uh,
1: um, you know, especially, you know, 60s and 70s, that was a, mm-hmm.
0: a big thing. Right. And
1: uh, again, it was one, piece. some people came across it because you couldn't see it on broadcast television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it it became a yeah. It was a, yeah. There's a, a lot little, of different ways. It, it was a Simpson, Simpsons yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, it was. I don't yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a shame the original 90 minutes got cut down. Yeah. So it's like it, it's 80 been, minutes or something. It, it's uh, 64, 64 minutes. 64. Wow, that's not right. And the long. original's been de- destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. You. you the other minutes do not exist. And uh, the studio uh, took it down without Todd Brown yeah, knowing yeah, they, about they, it. Yeah, they cut it without him <laughs> having any that, idea. I would love to know what the fuck yeah. they took out of it. Because that movie is yeah. weird. Yeah. So what got released was bad
0: enough, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think people were like in hysterics mm. <clears throat> in the aisles. Oh, well, that was, a, yeah, that was a time of... Between the war, between world wars, people are trying to get their lives back to normal. Um, before the depression, no, it was during the depression, it was right, right yes. in the middle of the depression. I mean, yeah, it could have just been like 30 minutes of backgammon. We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it wasn't. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah we, I want to see that. We, we could hope. Yeah, how about an, another big time non sequitur clerks? Oh, I was mm. hoping you'd mention that one. That's a Kevin Smith's first film. Yeah, yeah, 1994. Shot in black and white to save money. Yeah,
1: How, and, uh, and shot in the
0: the store that he worked in. Yeah, that's right. And You were talking about budgets. This one had a budget of twenty seven thousand five hundred seventy five dollars. Most of it was for <laughs> catering. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, catering. So and pot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So Scott knows the plot of this. Um, it's pretty much a largely unknown cast at the time. Still, probably unknown. Um, it's Kevin Smith appears in the movie himself as Silent Bob. Yeah. Silent, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Bruce Muse. Yeah. They were um, he, uh, Kevin Smith's... Uh, Silent Bob was a drug dealer in the in the in the movie. So, um, so it takes place almost entirely in a. It's it's a convenience store, but it's really a little bit bigger than a convenience yes. store. Yes, it? like well, it's a, it's also attached to a video store. That's right. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. And because his friend, not Daryl, I want to say what his friend, uh, can't remember his, um, but yeah, um, Dante is the is the clerk's is the clerk's name, and basically it's it's a lot of people coming in and interacting with. Dante and breaking his balls about this, and not his easy. girlfriend comes in and gives him a hard time, and they talk about their each other's sexual <laughs> conquest. And Try not to suck any dick on the way to parking lot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it was it was a really funny movie, and the and the guy, you know, he he doesn't want to. He keeps saying I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. I quote that every day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he takes he picks up a shift at the store. It wasn't really originally scheduled, but he picks it up because somebody called off. And um, so he you know, he wants to he he's, he plays hockey. It's really ball hockey, but he he wants to get off at noon so he can, you know, play hockey. So that doesn't happen, so he ends up playing on the roof. Um, and people keep finding him up there <laughs> trying to he closes the store to play hockey on the roof, and then they keep. I sure you, were open. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really it was a really uh, really funny movie. Um, some of these guys were relate. You know, he eventually tries to make up with. I think her name was Veronica. Veronica was the woman's was the girlfriend's name. Um, but this was kind of. Uh, <clears throat> Because that whole genre of this type of movie like uh, like mall rats or uh, even really even parts of say anything kind of had that that vibe like when John Cusack was in the record store with the two his two friends kind of had that that vibe because of the interaction between Dante and I can't I want to say his name's Daryl but that's not it um, they you know basically so it's philosophizing on life and what relationships and that that kind of thing. Um, to me, the funniest part was they, they closed the store to, to, to go to a funeral of one of Dante's ex-girlfriends, which is kind of sad. It doesn't sound funny. Randall. But Randall, that's Randall. what it was. Yeah, okay, so... I would say the movie the, High Fidelity sort of had that same. Yes, High Fidelity was... Exactly, that's really the best, the best example of that is High Fidelity. Um... So, they go, to the, they go to the funeral, and then it, it immediately cuts to them driving off very quickly. Like, get out of here. And then you're left wondering, well, what the hell happened? So, it comes out later that... She died a backstroke Well, do we, <laughs> well he, he accidentally kicks the casket over, I guess. They talk about it later. Um, but you don't actually see that. You, it's just kind of revealed later. Because um, they also talk about that funeral in Mallrats. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because he... he Basically called her fat, so she started swimming laps and died in mid-backstroke. <laughs> and in w- um, in Clerks, wasn't there, there was one of his ex-girlfriends, like, has sex with a corpse? Was that right?
1: I believe so, Oh, yes. yeah, like,
0: he like, goes into the bathroom, and the, but the guy had already died. He was, like, masturbating, like, reading a Playboy or something. So that kind of freaks her out. Um, it's funnier than, than that <laughs> yeah, that's, but it's, uh, yeah. It's one of those kind of, a like clever humor. It's not like, like slapstick. Oh, no. Yeah. Like that, but it's more. Yeah. The, the, the it's a drier so. humor. Yeah, it's a drier humor. Um, and that's why my wife doesn't find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, good, though, yeah. Clerks is a good, good
1: movie. Um, you know, one that, um, One that is one of the one of the movies that I think is one of the poster childs of a cult movie is Plan Nine from Outer Star. Oh, I was wondering if you were going to talk about it.
0: I purposely didn't put that one on my list because I knew you would probably end up talking about it. So um, it's Ed Wood, right? Ed Wood, yeah. Yeah. Plan Nine from and and a, a, a disaster, right? a uh, 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 financial artistic disaster on a Robert Corman type level right yes <laughs> I, 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 just the train wreck of a movie Ed Wood didn't know <laughs> how to
1: really make a movie <laughs> was, yes. so of course he
0: <laughs> made it what,
1: what kills me is, is uh, you, people will now say well you know if you look at it, it yeah, you know, he was
0: really a genius <laughs> <kid."> No,
1: he, <laughs> no he was fucking terrible he was fucking <laughs> terrible at making movies
0: being passionate about it <laughs> They, they always you know, talk about his ba- wow, he's very patient. That doesn't make you good. Yeah, I'm passionate <laughs> about watching football. That doesn't make me Joe Burrow. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, it,
1: it, it's, it's like it's, it, it's like the thing. Uh, remember when uh, uh, SNL did the thing with uh, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, where he, I'm Brian Fellows. And, oh yeah, Brian a, Fellows. A disclaimer at the beginning: Brian Fellows has no expertise in this. He's just a very, <laughs> very excitable boy.
0: So is that Tracy that.
1: Morgan? The yes. yes. <laughs> I forgot
0: Brian Fellows. <laughs> We're talking, does animals are <laughs> oh, Brian Fellows. <laughs> he worked at a zoo. <laughs> they like, no, he, he did, did. <laughs> But they would have, They would like just, bring animals.
1: Look like, at that! <laughs> they're scary. <laughs>
0: Oh, God, that's that's kind of an... I remember that, that skit. That was very funny. Very obscure, but... Well, yeah, it's, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, a, right. being enthusiastic about something it doesn't, doesn't make
1: you good at it. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right. Um, the plot involves aliens who want to stop humanity from creating a doomsday weapon that could destroy the universe, so they implement Plan 9, which involves resurrecting the dead, turning them into zombies. <laughs> Uh, it was what well, it was going to be. Oh, it was going to be called Grave Robbers from Outer Space, but. That was you, taken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, and what it was is uh, he had convinced a Baptist church to finance this movie. And they were like, well, that's, you know, <laughs> we can't have our name associated with Grave Robbers, so they went with Plan 9 mm-hmm. from Outer Space. Which. Plan Nine was robbing Grace. <laughs> it's code. Uh, I mean, the the, the movie is uh, uh, a masterpiece of bad movie making. It has uh, the spaceships that are they, they were uh, models that he bought at a drugstore, and you can see the the fishing line holding them up. Uh, the, there's the graveyard scenes where. Uh, Tor Johnson was a, a Swedish wrestler, the, so he didn't speak because he really couldn't speak English very well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you, I'm this, just hearing the Swedish chef. There's there, <laughs> there, there's there, there's a scene where he's walking. They're walking through, and he's walking into these cardboard gravestones, and they're knocked over. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, and then uh, the. Um, Edward's idea for the draw for this was going to be, he had shot, uh, um, he had had a uh, relationship with Bela Lugosi. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Bela Lugosi. And um, so he had shot some test footage for another idea they had for a movie. And he he wove that into there. And then this part where he, that, where Bella was supposed to have been turned into a vampire, he hired his chiropractor to take the place of Bela and hold a cape up over his face because Bella was dead at the time. He could <laughs> no longer act. Oh my God! Please excuse Bela from acting today because he's because dead. Because he's dead. Side <laughs> Bella's mother. <laughs> The whole thing is just an absolute mess. Oh man! Uh, so uh, this film, now this film, so really, really is uh, cult in the fact that this movie would have been completely. Forget- I mean, obviously, it, it tanked at the box office, mm-hmm. and then uh, it would it would show up on television. Because it didn't cost anything,
0: really,
1: to get get the rights rights. for it. And uh, it still didn't. Then it was, uh, like, around 1980, late 70s, early 80s, there was a book put out called Golden Turkeys, and it was named the worst movie of all time. Oh, wow. That garnered interest in it. There you go. It. And it became so it's so what bad. it is. And it, it did the midnight showings and everything USA else. all night. And that yes. Kind of <laughs> so that, it became a cult movie. There you go. And another a
0: slightly different route to taking that. Yes. This is the result. Is Absolutely. The I got one more. What you got? This is Spinal Tap. Oh my <laughs> lord. <laughs> 1984. Um And most of you know, it's that, the three, Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer, um, Michael McKeon.
1: Now, didn't it take them like three years to make this movie? (laughs) Yes.
0: Because it made it in small bits. Right. While they were... Um, Most, almost all of the dialogue is ad-libbed in this. Yes. And it's, it's hysterical. This is Rob Reiner's directorial debut, by the way. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, like Brian said earlier, Rob Reiner has directed many, many great movies. And this is the first one. This one is also great, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of um, references that you you have seen parodied later. I mean, it's interesting to me to see a parody of a parody, because that's what This is Spinal Tap is. It's a parody of rock bands.
1: And and what, but what's great is they don't go over the top with the parody. It is... Because
0: it's it's like a mockumentary, right? So yes. they will they they can't, they can't go, go low key, off, right? Um, because that's part of the joke. Is it's it's like is this real? Like you're in you know, the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, you know. And I remember I was working at an insurance company uh, when that movie
1: came out, and I remember this girl that I used to talk to, and she goes, "You know, I went and saw this movie, Spinal Tap. It was really weird. I I went
0: into it expecting a horror movie." <laughs> 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 yeah, so it's got the uh um the exploding drummer. Yes. <laughs> the great moment. And of course the big thing turn it goes up to 11. Goes, yeah. yeah, that's the that's probably what most people remember um from the movie. Um but a lot of different people appeared in this one. Um Bruno Kirby. Yes. Ed Begley Jr., who shows up in a lot of these. Um, Fran Drescher is in it. Yes. Yeah, um, Dean Dana Carvey's in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Billy Crystal, Howard Hessman. Billy Crystal is great as the mime, uh, <laughs> the uh, the mime
1: waiter. <laughs> that's right. Mime is money. Mime yeah. is money.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Howard Hessman. Paul Schaefer is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Angelica Houston. And, of course, you can't have one of these without having Fred Willard. Fred Willard. <laughs> 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 oh, and it has Danny Korchman. You know who Danny Korchmar is? He's a session guitar player who was in everything Ron Statt recorded, everything John Denver recorded. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a legendary session guitar player. Uh, sort of like uh, Jeff Baxter. Yeah. The, the yes, same... or, uh, or the, the drummer Hal Blaine. Another uh, Yeah. yeah every, in every, if, if you made a record in the 70s or 80s, you had Danny Korchmar... Or um, Steve Porcaro, mm-hmm. or Lee Rittenhauer or who's the other really the guy that, that makes all, I can't remember his name, but he was on all the Toto records and all that. Um, Lukather, yeah. Oh, Steve yeah, Arthur. Steve yeah. yeah, so Danny Korshmar is, is kind of in that group where he was in, if you made a record back then, he was going to play on your album, you know. Um, so, yeah, and Lick My Love Pump, remember that? Oh. <laughs> So yes. cool? uh,
1: this is in D minor which is the key I feel
0: make, can make you weep <laughs> so funny um, and, and they're on stage and they emerge from those cocoons but one of them sticks <laughs> and he's got a terror
1: and then he manages to get his arm in right at the very end
0: And, um, yeah, they, um, I've, I've also read where uh, George Lynch from Dokken, I guess he saw the movie, he said, hey, they made a movie about us. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> quite a few different bands have spoke up and like,
1: it was like you guys were on the road with us. And
0: <laughs> you know, uh, a couple bands took offense and... Yeah, so it became a thing, I guess, to where it's like, you didn't want to be Compared to Spinal Tap, because like in, in a really weird twist, it's like the more you tried not to be Spinal Tap, the more you became Spinal yes. Tap's, like these hair bands of the eighties, right, or Quiet Riot or whatever. And then uh, you know uh, the,
1: you had the, the great part where um, Nigel Tufnel, Christopher Guest, quit yeah. the band during a bad gig because Janine had booked him into the Air Force. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, of course, and Fred Willard is fucking brilliant in that part where he's walking with the band. He goes, "I don't want to get too close. I'm a little shaggy myself. They might think I'm part of the band." That's,
0: right. That's typical Fred Willard kind of thing. And the whole thing about getting lost backstage and trying to find <laughs> yes, but 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 when uh, Janine
1: takes over because their manager had also quit, uh, Janine was uh, David Saint Hubbin's Mm-hmm. girlfriend. That's uh, Michael McCain's character. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, so she she becomes the manager and books them in a uh, fair and they get there and she goes, I told them to put Spinal Tap's name first because it was Puppet Show and Spinal Tap. <laughs> it was just brilliant. It was just a brilliant movie. Everything um, about it, and and and, and then uh, and, and like so many bands, really did. They became huge in Japan, <laughs> yeah, and and wound up getting back together.
0: Yeah, this is one of the, the rare ones that was actually. It, this was a, a critically acclaimed. It I mean, was a lot of critics loved. No, I, I don't think it did well at the box office. Right, I don't think it did well at the box office either. But again, I've got a copy of it. <laughs> you know, are, everybody has a copy of it. Right? I've got a copy of. <laughs> I think I have all of those mockumentaries. Yeah, I have. like the, the uh, folksman. Guff- or, uh, 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 the, what's the name? Of the Mighty Wind. Mighty Wind. Uh, Waiting for Guffman. Um, Best in Show. Yeah. Best in Show. I love. I, I love all of those. Those are. Those they're are really, fantastic. Yeah. If you need a pick me up, just pop one of those movies in. They're just. They're fantastic. And Christopher Guest's characters are so incredibly
1: different in each one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then another aside is Jamie Lee Curtis went to that movie, and she saw Christopher Guest and said, "I'm going to marry him." She had never met him. Wow! And here they are. They've been married yeah. thirty years
0: now. Wow, that's lucky, a bit, that's man. It's a good bit. Yeah, that's a good trivia. Yeah, it's good trivia there. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know if
0: I would. If I had to choose one, it would be either *The Spinal Tap* or *Office Space* for me. I tend to go toward the the comedy ones um, but yeah this one yeah I, I had also read somewhere that Steven Tyler saw it and he didn't think it was funny so I don't know what yes. that says uh, I don't well, know what that says about Steven Tyler well I, I think he, he took offense to it
1: uh, yeah I think it it, it <laughs> a little close to home
0: he said him. about me <laughs> yeah
1: oh absolutely I, I think that was definitely it's uh, not funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I had also heard that I guess it was a, like Macko McKeon was, I heard an interview where originally Spinal was supposed to be spelled S P Y N A L. Oh, it would have been brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, that would have been great. But somebody, I guess somebody in the studio complained about it or something.
1: And I'll tell you what, I, uh, when the movie came out, I bought the soundtrack. And I, I think the fucking, <laughs> I think the songs are great. I love Big Bottom,
0: I love Hell Hole. <laughs> uh Hell Hole is the best <laughs> <one of them. laughs> Yes. Um, And there's, I guess there's a band, like a Canadian band who was like, supposed to be like the real Spinal Tap, and they did like an actual documentary called Anvil, The Story of Anvil. Oh, yes, yes, I do remember that. (laughs) But it's done without any irony, it's supposed to be like an actual documentary of this band. And I'll tell you, uh, uh,
1: I took it up even a notch further, I saw them live in concert. Anvil? No. Oh, Spinal Tap. tap. Okay. They came to Riverbend, and I went and saw them. Did they, was it like a comedy act, or was it actually a concert? No, it was a real concert. And when they came on stage, they were lowered down <laughs> by wires. And of course, uh, what's his name got stuck. So
0: halfway Harry Shearer got, right? got stuck halfway down,
1: and they had to spend some time getting him down. It was it was brilliant. That's,
0: that's Really funny they
1: did they did all the all the great songs and they they even lowered the the, the tiny stone inch <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs>
0: well going back to aerosmith that was on their cover of that album right yeah probably why they they objected to it was the the stone Edge thing was on their album cover so there was other other stuff we we i don't know if you wanted to touch on them um, things like attack of the 50 foot woman or attack of the killer tomatoes or uhf um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so, so many. Damn yeah, Damn many. Um, yeah, quickly, I wanted to go
1: over... John Carpenter was like... Okay. Yep. He was mass-producing cult movies. Yeah. Like, every fucking one of them died at the box office. Yeah. And became... Uh, okay, you got Assault on Precinct 13.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: 1976. That... I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. I've not seen that one. Freaking great movie. Escape from New York. Escape from New York was brilliant. It was. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton, Mm -hmm. uh, Adrian Barbeau, uh, Kurt Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell, man, John Carpenter, I mean, give him his props for, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was just a few years before uh, Kurt Russell was doing shit like. The, the strongest man in the world, the Disney movie, mm-hmm. and the, 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 the world's greatest athlete, and all this this stupid fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. John Carpenter, God bless him, saw something in him. Uh, John Carpenter uh, first used him in the Elvis TV movie. Carpenter uh, produced and directed that one. Mm-hmm. And then wound up using him in um, Escape from New York. Mm-hmm where he was Snake Bliskin. Uh, I mean, that movie's fantastic. That movie is fantastic. A uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That, that's, that's a great movie. Um, and then, uh, the, for me,
0: the, the big one was The Thing. Yeah. I'm glad you brought him up. I had forgotten about a lot of these. I, mean, I had, I had, honest, I had forgotten that he did Escape from New York, honestly.
1: Yeah. Well, then, was Escape from L.A. was another one? Uh, yeah. That, that, that wasn't, you yeah. know, that's not, and I was like, "Eh, here you go." Yeah,
0: sounds like a burgeoning franchise there. Escape from Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> Escape from Ohio. <laughs> That's right. Good luck with Please. that one. Well, now uh, you
1: know um, the, the thing. Nineteen eighty-two. That that movie, so dark, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, that I. I I freaking I I remember going to the movies to see that and I stayed for two showings. Oh really? Yeah. And that was another one. It absolutely Bob. died at the yeah. The the critics hated
0: it. And now critics are like, oh, yeah, critics oh this, that, is, this is amazing. Yeah. This
1: is really an amazing movie.
0: Yeah, it's like some of these we, we've been talking about. It's like critics hated it. And the same critics say, well, that's, this is number 48 on my list of top 100 movies of all time. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, that's not what you said 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then
1: um, what's great, Wilford Brimley is in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like Wolfman? Yeah, <laughs> my diabetes, <laughs> pre diabetes. Get that
0: coon out of here!
1: <laughs> oh, and then the other one was they live. Oh yeah, I remember that with Rowdy Roddy Piper and. Uh, oh yeah, I mean that movie. Like I like I said, he You're was dead. a a cult movie master. Yeah, he was just turning them out. Yeah, chew bubble gum and kick ass them. Just. <laughs> Out, of out of bubble gum. gum. That's right. <laughs> out of yeah, out of I had, bubble gum. I had a, a guy. I was talking about. Um, oh shoot! The the third Evil Dead movie. Um, Army of, uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah. And the guy uh, guy goes, uh, Yeah. I came here to chew bubble gum, and <laughs> I'm a kick ass, and I'm all. I'm like, that's the wrong movie. No, no. Like, no, that's the wrong movie. Like No Like you're seriously gonna argue horror
0: movies with me. It was it was Kent. Oh of course it <laughs> yeah, was. We're we're, Kent is a, a uh a pseudonym we're using for Kent. <laughs> it's actually an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> K-E-N-T. <laughs> <laughs> I can say this because we're pretty sure that this kind of podcast is way too low for Alpha Kent. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yes. He listens, listens to
1: Bandcamp
0: <laughs> podcasts. Bonnie Python. I guess that's another. <laughs> uh, and, and it is. That, I, um, okay. But I hate it. But no, I, you you don't you don't hate it. I, I don't.
1: Uh, I, I remember seeing it on PBS the year it came out. The mind. show, you you mean, yeah. Flying Circus. Uh, the, uh, the flying uh, well, no, but I actually know the. Um, um, Life of Brian. Hol- uh, uh, Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Saw so Holy Grail uh, at my brother's house. My brother was out playing music, and I was babysitting, and I happened upon it, and I was like, I saw them doing the coconut thing, <laughs> right. and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I just, I was like, I'm watching. I'm like, this is amazing. This is <laughs> an amazing movie. I'm like, I don't know. It's '75, so I'm 13. Yeah, 13, yeah. 14 years old. It's it, stupid humor.
0: It's stupid humor. I love every minute of it. But, but still, kind of smart too. Yes, yes. I have to say, I didn't hate. I guess I I didn't hate the movie. What I hate about the Monty Python thing is everybody quotes it. Everybody exactly. Well, and but the quotes aren't just a one line. Oh wait! Well, you
1: gotta go into the whole you fucking. You have to shriever. do the whole fucking scene. Us a speaking, speaking of K E N T, <laughs> he once did the hand grenade thing. <laughs> the holy hand grenade. Yes, <laughs> he went through the whole goddamn thing. That's like five minutes long. Yes, while we were setting up. <laughs> and I was like, after thirty seconds, I walked away.
0: I'm like, Jesus Christ! Okay. I have to. I have to say this now. I mean, we. I think you agree with me. We like Kent. Yes, we like him a lot. Absolutely, we, he, is, he is a dear friend of ours. Yes, but he's Kent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, you know, and I will say, he wears his
0: nerddom on his. Sleeve. Yeah, he is. He he's proud about it. And, yes, and you, you got to give him and credit God bless him. I mean, I, I think that's great. Yeah, you got to give him credit for that. Um, Kent is a good human. He's a good person. Yes, but. But I don't. I don't want five minutes of the holy hand grenade while I'm trying to run
1: wires. (laughs) Yeah. So the thing is with cult movies, uh, shit. I think you could go on and on and on, and we damn near have.
0: Yeah. So what? So, what is your favorite cult movie of all time? Yeah, I would have to go with all of the,
1: uh, probably you have to go with all of the mockumentary Okay. things.
0: Yeah, those make me laugh every damn time I watch them. Yeah, I, that's hard to disagree with that. I would go with Office Space, the mockumentaries would be a very, very close. I,
1: I, like I said, I rewatched Office Space last night just so I, I mm-hmm. would have it fresh yeah. in my mind again.
0: And it never disappoints.
1: No, it, <laughs> it's it's, so it's brilliant. So many quotable things mm-hmm. in it? it. Yeah. Scott, what, what, what about you? I'm gonna have to go with Old Brother and Strange Brew. strange oh, Strange Drew. Brew. We didn't even talk about that. Holy <laughs> shit! That, that was another one. I saw yep, I saw that on its first theatrical run. Oh, wow. At the movies. Uh, I was a huge SCTV, SCTV fan. SCTV,
0: that's right.
1: So, uh, as soon as it came out, I, I knew I had to go see it. I, I think it absolutely died at the box
0: office. Mm-hmm. Um, one did years of my because I remember when I was in, when I was in that came out late seventies, early eighties. Is that, is that is early eighties? Early eighties. Yeah. So I was I was in like sixth or seventh grade then and. I remember kids at school talking about Springsteen. Yeah, but spring, I don't great. think it, I don't think it
1: did that well. Yeah, at the box office, um, it, it, it was very dumb humor. <laughs> it, was, it was dumb humor, and unless you watched SCTV, you didn't know who the fuck. Oh yeah, Rick Bob Rick. and Doug McKenzie. Right,
0: were. exactly. The Dave Thomas. You did not
1: know the characters,
0: Rick Moranis, and
1: Rick Moranis right. and, and Dave Thomas weren't big stars at the time. Right, not not
0: the hamburger guy. <laughs> no, <laughs> different Dave Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, that was that was a good one. Um, yeah, It was. Yeah, like I said, there's just there's too many. There are. Uh oh. Uh oh. You I hear know, it? I know what that means. That means it's time to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, all these cult movies. I didn't even break out the flavor aid. Oh, wrong are on kind of cult. Damn it! I wore my Nikes for no reason. Yeah, different, different cult. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank everybody for
1: hanging out with us again on the Sugar Frosted Podcast. We hope to be back much sooner next time, real yes, soon. Real soon. <laughs> everybody, take care. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Good night. Thanks. Yeah,
0: I'm glad you mentioned that John Carpenter stuff.
1: snacks. Yeah, I like snacks. I like
0: this song. Yeah. I can see John Tremont dancing to dance into this. Oh yeah, definitely. This is my favorite part. I just kinda of sit here and listen to the song at the end of the the outro. Yes. <laughs> Sweet trumpets. These poor bastards. They didn't get any money for this. <laughs> we didn't steal it, though. No, was it, on, it was <laughs> on a free. <laughs> That's right. We, we're design. not thieves. Yeah, we're not smart, but we're not thieves. Either. I'm gonna have to nine ounce beer or nine ounce, nine percent beer. A pint of it. It's like the equivalent of drinking like. Six bottles of wine, right? <laughs> <here>. <laughs> yeah, I should have worried about that one. <laughs> Good night. Good night.